In today's episode at Fearless Wealth, we have with us my rudest or diest, Elizabeth, my five percenter. And today's episode is going to be a soft one, a gentle one. We go through the real life faces and thoughts and holding of all the different tensions and the mental Audubon. We cycle it right back to the first episode. And it's a, it's a, it's a soft one. It's a real life one. No glamorizing, no pretending it's different. This is the real deal. Hold with us at Fearless Wealth. Your favorite affiliated country dominatrix friend, money witch, demon whisperer, alleged demon queen, five percenter, business bitch, fake witch, apex predator, most emotional dominatrix, mental ninja, self care specialist, gratitude guru, little driving babushka, professional Slavic American, premium ovulating Slav, human hurricane, and creation herself. It's me, and today at Fearless World, a long anticipated comeback. My right, my rudest or diest. <laughs> we went from rightest or diest to rudest or diest, Elizabeth. Um, the most listened episode to of all the episodes that I have. Um, we did together episode one. Such an honor. And we're back again. And we had to like for the listeners um, to several things. I have several rules. I've added several rules to the podcast. First of all, I'm going to soon go over to fully video um, because everyone keeps nagging me. So you don't have to come back when I have video again. Like we have to do the video stuff. I'm down. Second of all, um, when we hydrate, y'all hydrate because we are rich and hydrated. Rich and hydrated and self-care makes you a millionaire and we're all kind of like raising life. Um, The second rule is... Everyone gets to hate me, but you get to only hate me for the actual opinions I have, not for the emotions it triggers in you. And third of all, well, that's not a rule. That's just like a <laughs> today. Today we are slow. We are. Um, and like why and how and the conversation will come up 
this is going to be a little peek into our conversations, um, non-edited, non like, you know, performative. This is just how her and I like take over the world basically. Cause that's what we do. And we started, well, first of all, hi. Hi. You know what I wonder, because every time I listen to your whole introduction, which, you know, rightfully so gets longer and longer. Did you have to work on memorizing that? I mean, there no, no. it just rolls no. off your tongue like that. I mean, you never, you never miss a beat. No. Epic. I love it. I, I feel like, just like I would never like miss, miss when people ask me, like, what's your name? Wells Barra. Like I would never miss speak on that. Right? <laughs> right. Like if they ask Britney Spears, what's your song? Hit me baby one more time. She can do it under any circumstances. Okay. So I All feel right. like, I like it's it. like, I can do like, I can do even like, it's it's on autopilot, by the way, now. Like just the last one, the, you know, creation herself, because that's an old new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And I have a custom, custom theme song coming up. Like oh, created by yeah. professional music movie maker. Amazing. So who the fuck knows what we're doing? <laughs> who the who knows? fuck knows? Seriously. So you made a righteous point because, you know, this is a thing for the listeners and soon the watchers, but for now, just the listeners. So when when Elizabeth and I start talking, like there should be a camera around kind of always because we go mm-hmm. into like these deep tangents and like vents and rants and like brain farts that have like the most potent conversations um so before we started recording we were like we were having our normal conversation and elizabeth goes oh shit i think we should like start recording because yeah because it started to get good it it went from how are you and how did you sleep to like really deep really quickly um and so yeah it's sort of like being pushed onto the stage like oh (laughs) let's go well so without like Without going into dramatic details, right? Wait, I we thought that's what we in- were doing today. Oh, for sure. Like, we can. We oh. definitely can. <laughs> but I feel like the pre- the most prevalent theme for everyone worldwide almost right now is holding, right? Holding mm-hmm. the fucking line. Holding the polarities. Um, and... Oh, look, I can go raw. Like, for me, right now, I'm in the polarity of... Finding the love of my life, losing the love of my life, having all my bank accounts frozen, but also having a 100K business offer, my car being broken, but also driven a car of half a million dollar, um, <laughs> missing people extremely while being beyond like tearful, grateful with the people that I have in my life. Um, and it's hard. Yeah. It's hard, right? It's, it's and yes, the hardest. It's the fucking hardest. And this is a theme that's really active for me right now is that this is why I fucking hate self-sabotaging and self-destructive behavior because this is the real heart and this is the heart that one can't like, you know, escape or bypass or like life hack themselves out of it. So when when people like like when people self-sabotage, self-destruct, they make themselves tired and they're all and they be, they get at this point where life gets really hard and now you're depleted by of your own fucking bullshit shenanigans. And yeah. that's why I'm so excessively anti self sabotaging and self destructive. 
Yeah. And I'm so fortunate to have you there checking me because it's very easy for me to go into that without even knowing that I'm doing it. So is it, um, it can be, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a default setting in me, but it's there, you know, it's, it's like right under the surface. And so I have to sometimes, um, you know, like pull myself out of it and, and notice that, oh, okay, you're doing that thing. You, you know that you're not supposed to be doing that thing. I tell people a lot that I almost don't see myself clearly unless somebody that knows me really well is reflecting me back to me, um, working on that for sure. But, uh, self-sabotage, I hate it just as much as you do. It just comes a little bit like more sneakily or easily, uh, to me what way does it show up for you um hmm. i mean it really depends on the situation whether it's like a procrastination or um second guessing my instincts you know like i i have a lot of trouble with like knowing whether my instincts or my intuition is what's driving the car versus, you know, my, um, insecurities or just kind of like un untouched or unhealed hmm. wounds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I have to be very aware of like, all right, what is actually running the show here? Right. Are you able to like differentiate feeling wise when it is like inner demons versus like instinct or, um, cause this is the thing for the listeners, Elizabeth is a four Enneagram and I'm an eight. So we're on all levels when it comes to like inner dialogue and expression, we're completely the opposite. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm, I am absolutely gifted to have four around me in such close vicinity because like I resent the force for having <laughs> such creativity and like being connected to all the like God particles that we apes just fucking don't. Um, right. And like, and the eight in me like resents the force for it because they like don't do anything with it. Um, but like, it's, it's one of those things, like when, when Elizabeth and I talk about like how we're feeling things or how we're processing things and how the inner dialogues, like we're in the body, it even lands, right? Like we first always have to like kind of establish the base because we come from such a different angle. Um, and me definitely coming from a more like analytical, you know, triple Capricorn, Enneagram eight, whatever, all of it. Uh, coming from a much more an analytical thing and less. And I, I wonder also how much like my culture has to do with it. Right. Like blah, blah, bullshit. You <laughs> totally. I think it's, it's all in the room. Um, but to answer your question, um, am I able to determine like the difference or am I able to notice if it's demons? Um, I think I'm just slower to arrive at that conclusion than you might be. Um, yeah. 
So, so for me, gut is low in the body and has no conversation. Mm, it doesn't opposite. negotiate. It doesn't express itself. It's a very, this is a no, this is a yes. Inner demons are in the head and they mm-hmm. like trying to lure you in. They seduce you with words. They exp- they explain and they explain and they almost try, like they, they're almost trying to like convince you mm-hmm. like a salesman or like a lawyer. That's for me why I know very fucking clearly why I'm so like quickly at it because gut instinct, any spiritual connection doesn't do the I'm, I'm going to explain it to you and having to convince your mind. No, it's a very, very direct feeling. Yeah. And inner demons converse and like negotiate. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. And this might be the four in me um, because I do relate to that gut thing. And I'll, uh, I say a lot that my body is smarter than I am. So like if in my, if I like drop into my gut for a situation and it's very clear, like I know what the feeling is when my gut is saying yes or no, and there's very little gray area. So I think the Enneagram four in me is like, yes, demons do negotiate and, and they're very wordy and eloquent, but so is my creativity and and the other thing that is inside of me is really eloquent so that's why it's hard for me to determine Mm -hmm. if it's me and my intellect or if it's some outside kind of you know self-sabotaging influence that makes sense for sure yeah When, when you, when you do fall in a, like, you know, procrastination circle cycle, for example, like, is there any like dialogue? Mm-hmm. Calling me out. Um, so this is interesting. I'm going to like circle back around to like the actual answer, but my son had to complete a couple of assignments before the first day of school and he had all summer to do them. And it was a discussion all summer and, you know, whatever summer, right. You're chilling. Then there's vacations. Then there's this, there's that, there's the heat. You're just doing the summer thing. And then all of a sudden you have a couple of days and it's still not done. Um, And there was this whole conversation about, all right, buddy, I'm going to tell you something because I think that your brain is very similar to mine and procrastination is one thing, but knowing your style is a whole other thing. So if you're the type of person that works best when you're formulating, 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 but it looks like you're not doing anything, and then you finish something at the last minute, um, I think we need to sort of take the stigma away from that because it's not necessarily the way that the world likes you to do things. It's sort of like, why do you wait to the last minute? Even the phrase, the last minute has a stigma attached to it because some people do thrive under pressure um, and do their best work where they just like stick it at the very end. Um, But I told him it sucks if you procrastinate and then you do a shitty job. If you decide that this is the best way that you work, you have to kill it at the last minute. 
Um, so I wouldn't say that it's necessarily a, a dialogue that happens when I'm procrastinating. It's just knowing that I need to set aside that time at the end. And I mean, this is like being a five percenter, right? Um, it's only shitty and, and labeled as procrastination if you wait and you wait and you wait and then you fuck it up, in my opinion. Right. So this is like, I feel like most like business entrepreneurs, by lack of better wording, will be able to under, understand completely relate as in there's a time of active part like execution and there's like the marinating, the, you know, go, like going through these inner, inner cycles However, for me, and like, I always have, like, this is, I always have this discussion with procrastinators. Mm-hmm. So I, cause I truly believe there's a, even for your, like, especially probably for creative people, there's a process where there's not physically visible doing, but mm-hmm. there's definitely stuff going on on the inside. But procrastination for me looks like, and it's good that we have perhaps like def- defined terms. First of all, I think that programming, keeping the program of like delivering under pressure is a non-sustainable program because you're setting up your nervous system to only operate and you're programming it this way, right? Mm-hmm. That it will only op- uh, operate under dysregulated stress. Sure. sure. And this, the idea that one can only, and this becomes the last minute, right? Like I, I, I do things last minute because that's the only, I can only thrive under pressure. I'm like, well, you're never going to get out of that. And I'm not, not talking to you because I even had this conversation with Lori last time. She's like, well, when she started like wanting to get out of that program, like she was like, well, okay, I'm showing up for the work, but it, it feels very boring or I don't feel the inspiration. Yeah. Because now you're having to undo a program, but the thing with the procrastination is, or with a dysfunctional procrastination, let me refer mm-hmm. to it that way is that if you're actually stressed and your normal life suffers under your dysfunctional procrastination, it's yeah. not as creative as what one thinks it is. Because For sure. Now you're actively putting fire on your regulation system and there's no in no reality um and again this is mostly to the listeners um because a lot of like real procrastinators dysfunctional procrastinators are attracted to me and how i speak mm-hmm. and i'm like there's no way you could shove down my throat that being completely dysregulated is the way to go to create because now you're setting yourself up that you can only fucking create when you're completely fucking dysregulated good luck with that good luck with reaching anything in life for sure. Totally agree. I have a question for you though. Like, do you think that it's possible or do you feel like there's no fucking way in hell that you can work under a deadline without oh, yeah. dysregulating your nervous system? Absolutely. Like if you're Absolutely. really enjoying it and and you like, you know that you have to turn in your best work in like 12 hours. So now, and this becomes tricky because now we're adding feelings like enjoyment. And but why wouldn't we add feelings? See, this is it's so funny because I've, because feelings are on are untrustworthy because coming from a dysfunctional mm, home, okay. 
no, no, most of the time they're untrustworthy as a base to launch from. Again, I come from a dysfunctional home where, you know, my yeah. mom would definitely love me but beat me beyond fucking senseless. That yeah. was my version of love. So when I first had, like, healthy love, I was like, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. This is boring. Well, aside from the fucking boring, it just, it just, my whole system was like, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. So if we would go by feeling, and if we would have, we would let that to be the compass, we would fuck ourselves over because we're layered in so many programs and patterns that we did not actively choose to participate in. So if that becomes the leading magnet, I'm like, no, then I am blah, blah, bullshit feelings. Yeah, fair. Um, Same for only, any addiction, right? Because addiction feels really fucking good. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just like, all right, I feel the truth in what you're saying a thousand percent. So what I have to examine in myself, what is it in me that's like, well, that's different because one is work and one is love or one is sort of like, um, it's very compartmentalized. Like different rules apply to different. Oh, 100. Context yeah. is everything. Context is fucking everything. <laughs> oh, for sure. And like it becomes a. And this is this is per- perhaps just an observer for all my creative types is that there I can see. For me, it's very easily visible when. Y'all are going through a cycle and processing versus when an inner demon hooks in. Yeah. And it becomes, the procrastination becomes a problem that's running out of fear. Of not, yeah. Of, yeah. So I do think there's a distinguish, di- distinction between those two, if that makes I, sense. I totally agree. There is a huge distinction. And, and it's tricky. Like that, that line is very blurry to me. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear to you. So I'm really fortunate to have you like kind of, hey, wait a minute, what's actually going on here? Yeah. So oh, the procrastination. So basically we wouldn't need to like one way, Germanic languages have fucking words for everything except for this apparently. So we would need to have a separate word for when someone is like processing and going through their cycle and like marinating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for the normie outside may look like procrastinating but it's not it's like brewing right yeah yeah versus procrastinating is when your nervous system is on fucking fire and you're pleasant to be around and you're reactive and right yeah not you just like i'm talking the general you for sure and that was the thing that was so difficult to articulate because yeah language is so limited in that conversation with my kid which is like um how much of the nervous system being on fire is because there isn't really a a model or um even language around like what you're actually doing so well yeah well and daddy science daddy huberman like speaks about this right like it because nervous system and excitement like it's the arousal of the nervous system Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. however one is excitement and one is anxiety yeah yeah and on a superficial level they can they can look the same however the execution of it and the mental clutter of it the mental dialogue is significantly different yeah and to your point this is where feelings do become 
you know, untrustworthy because for some of us, those things appear to be the same, you know? Right. Oh, I'm anxious. This is exciting. I'm anxious. I feel something. So as someone who does not understand anxiety for the life of me, I've been trying, like people have been trying to explain for decades. <laughs> oh shit. Um, Here we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and I will always come back to the conversation with grandma, right? Where she's like, how's America? I'm like, yeah, well, everyone has anxiety. And, and she's like, what is anxiety? And I'm like, well, they're basically nervous all the time. And she goes, what are they nervous for? And I go, for made-up scenarios in their head. Totally. And she goes, why don't they just stop? And I go, well, they feel like they can't. And she goes, but it's their brain. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so what, again, from an analytical or like in my, in my quest to try to understand all sorts of people, excitement is something you lean into. Like you mm-hmm. want to go forward into it, whereas anxiety seems to be you want to move away from the thing that gives you like it's a backwards motion mm-hmm. wanting to move away. Does that does that land? I'm I'm like processing. I can see the like spinning wheel, <laughs> my mind's eye. Um, it definitely lands. I. I don't know if I'm one to speak on anxiety. Uh, no, no, no. Absolutely. I'm like, mostly just, it's just a language thing now. Yeah, way. for sure. My language doesn't have anxiety. The wo- Even the word doesn't have anxiety. I love it for you. Um, <laughs> I really don't know. I, I think, I think it, it does boil down exactly to what you said. Anxiety is just the, resulting feeling of um making up scenarios in your head right i mean that's reductive but it is a luxury for sure what a luxury yeah yeah people are gonna fucking come for our necks for that one because i i'm oh i felt that. that too as soon as it came out of my mouth yeah it's an extreme like this is the thing mental illnesses angst but especially fucking anxiety is and like this is the thing, right? People come for my neck for this one all the time. It's a fucking luxury problem. And they go like and then they want to convince me of why they lack luxury. And I'm like, look, anxiety is a luxury of the West, just like fucking obesity is a luxury of the West. Yeah. yeah. Access time, an active brain creates anxiety. Access food with this with no regulation or no discipline creates obesity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, but and this is like, but, for but all, oh, for they're gonna come for us. Right now, <laughs> for everyone who's upset with me, what I first of all, <laughs> fuck you and your fucking feelings. Um, second of second of all, you should attend a like philosophy debate actively so you can like debate both points. Because when people mm-hmm. come for me and they're like, oh, you and your riches, so I'm like, yeah, I know, right? I came here especially for the privilege. Like I'm actively thoroughly enjoying the luxury and privilege like you cannot never come for me for that right um but um i feel like anxiety and excitement are the polarities just like inspiration and intimidation are the they're for me they're the same coin but one moves forward and wants to pull it in and the other one wants to move away wait inspiration and what was the second one intimidation holy shit holy shit 
Yeah, that's good. And this, this, like this, this thought came up with Suzanne Fisher recently. She's a Enneagram two. Yes. And she's very vocal about like the first time I met Bara, I was like fucking intimidated. And again, mm-hmm. I'm coming back not only to language, cause I don't know the feeling intimidation. I know it in, you know, someone is about to like, you know, punch you in your fucking face, like physical intimidation, but not mm-hmm. as a feeling or like a descript- des- descriptive term. Or like a personality um, right like when like you meet somebody yeah right? when well, you meet that. somebody I'm and you're ins- like whoa I, i'm so I'm intimidated by that person and there we, there we go yes and i want to move closer yeah and she was like i'm in, in, intimidated i want to move further away oh that's so interesting because because yeah i i'm inspired but i get the same feelings in my body that another person might identify as intimidation like it's exciting and it's, it's, whoa, I, I want to know more what's going on with that person. I don't understand what I'm seeing and it's intriguing. So yeah, so you I move in too. Like I move forward, in. Like you're like, come closer, move in. Absolutely. I don't have the intimidation thing, but then at the same time, I, I get that a lot that I'm intimidating and I'm always so shocked by that. Like I'm the biggest fucking squishiest nerd ever. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it's kind of wild to me. And I feel like all of our circles, um, like the whole inner circle is built with men and women who are labeled as intimidating Mm -hmm. by outsiders. And meanwhile, we're like, none of us understand the word, like (laughs) not even conceptually, not intellectually, none of us understand the word. Yeah. And all of us are being labeled as intimidating. intimidating. Interesting. Interesting. So it's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's this one, uh, we at the Raza where you and I met Mm -hmm. shout out to Danielle Dulski. Um, I was walking with another witchy person. Um, and this became a whole story and there was like an event in the street and there was a couple arguing a girl and a woman and a girl and a guy. Mm-hmm. And she physically moved away, and I fucking leaned in because I wanted yeah. to know if everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. And that became like a conversation where, like, you know, just like being aware of our like nervous system and how we respond to like danger and mm-hmm. intimidation versus inspiration. Yeah, uh, it keeps being that again the moving in, but with her, me and her, like I physically moved in. I like leaned in closer, and she like mm-hmm. physically like took a step back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but coming back to the holding. Mm-hmm. See, this, this is how we go. Holding, holding the line. Mm-hmm. For me, it looks like wanting to react, wanting to elicit a response, wanting to mimic control by perhaps eliciting conversations, doing stuff, something that I can at least feel that I have an effect on. And holding is that face, that void where there's nothing to do except for holding like the turmoil and the chaos and the screeching in our demons and the inner kid having a tantrum and all Mm -hmm. the parts and aspect that want to react, that are reacting internally 
um, but holding it without numbing or disassociating. Yeah, I I totally agree with all of that. Uh, for me, kind of, it, it feels what I imagined solitary confinement would be like. Like it's completely dark and silent, but it's the loudest, most confrontational place to sit in. Um, it's like the more quiet and dark it gets externally, the louder it gets internally. And it, it's mm-hmm. a lot of tension to hold. It's a lot of noise. Yeah. You and I were discussing our holding um, this week where... Oh my God, I'm going to be all over the place, so bear with me. Let's go. But I was like having this conversation with with one of the magical mentors who he just started. And um, we were talking about like fears, right? Because people have, we people, including myself, we have this initial intrinsic belief that fear is a linear place that once you've overcome it, like it won't return back Mm. or like you won't have to ever deal with it anymore with at least that aspect and like scarcity and monetary stuff is a a great example of that. Right. At the beginning, you're like, Oh my God, how am I ever going to get by? And then once you reach a certain monetary level, you like the expectation is like, Oh, I'll never have money problems. And then I'm like, well, no, that's a joke. Mm. Cause then you reach here and then like the conversation, the fear becomes like, what if you lose it? What if you can never do it again? What if you become homeless? Right? Like the, right. the, the, the fear just morphs, mm-hmm. but it never, mm-hmm. never disappears. And coming back to you, you and I conversation, like holding is like, Moving into a house that's next to a railroad and like a highway and a New York subway that rattles the whole house when it's moving. And you are expected, not expected, but you ought to learn how to fucking regulate and move with that fucking loud noise next to like living next to construction, right? Yeah. Because everyone, when you just move into a house that has loud noise next to you, you're like, how the fuck am I supposed to fucking ever, you know, create or be a feel or be calm? Mm-hmm. And then a year later, it completely is gone. Like, the, and then and someone visits your house for the first time and they're going to be like, how the fuck do you live with it? And you're like, with what? With all Yeah, you don't even hear like, it. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And I feel like that's living with inner demons. Inner demons are never going to fucking stop cease existing perhaps their volume so this becomes the question does their volume lessen lesser Mm. or do we grow in capacity and therefore um and i know it's the latter and therefore their screams seem more quiet yeah i mean that sort of begs the question like is it both because when you do the latter the former happens they're just right not tamed but you're sort of you're not in control of them but you're coexisting with them in a way that like all right they're not in charge anymore right you can tell them that you're going to drop them off i was about to say at this is two this in the morning elizabeth's term. <laughs> yeah. elizabeth is very clear like drop the fucking inner demon off with its phone on 1% battery life and drop it off in a bad neighborhood and drive off. Mm-hmm. Like that, Elizabeth. Like if you're not going to fucking act right or shut the fuck up, get the fuck out of the car. 
Um, the car of it, life, because we're on the mental Audubon. Yeah. Full circle yeah. to our first episode. Yeah. yeah. And for for the listeners who like haven't heard the mental Audubon yet, um, for the simple for the simplicity of like analogy and visual, um, most of the inner circle perceives like mental processes as like a German Audubon, but like a bigger version. Because the German Audubon is just two lanes, but like a LA version of it where it's like five or six mm-hmm. lanes. Where the right lane is the slowest, and that's everything that's like you know you're breathing. That's happening like not like just the the automated body responses. Then the second lane is probably like the subconscious. Um, you have some influence, right? Like if you eat healthy, like that lane will be yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, or if you have like a lot of ch- tons of sugar, that lane will probably get like a traffic jam. And the third lane becomes then like behavioral. The fourth lane. So now we're getting sp- faster and faster. The f- fourth lane becomes like the like the thought process of how mm-hmm. we show up related to behavior. And the fifth lane, the faster one, is just fucking thought, like thinking, thinking, thinking. Intellect, intellect. Yeah. Cluttered. Yeah. Right. And that's the easiest yeah. one to get cluttered. But they all have an effect on each other. Just like when you're on a road, when the right lane gets like has a stop, all the lanes kind of slower down, even though they right. don't need to technically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the mental Audubon is the, like, our, which, which lane? Or, for example, if you, like, you break your knee, your most slowest lane is going to have a clutter. That's not something because of your behavior or your thought, but because it will affect all the other ones. Right. And there's a traffic jam in that lane. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. Because there's actual pain. Right. Um, so, yeah. So the mental Audubon and then the inner demon. So we're driving the car of life and mm-hmm. we're, you know, navigating all these lanes. And that's when, but that, and that's, that, that's when it becomes like a hard thing, right? Like when, cause this is the thing, there's moments in life when it's very easy to notice that the inner demon is trying to fucking get the wheel or driving the wheel. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of like snap you're like, holy shit, this motherfucking ha- motherfucker has been driving the car. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then comes this like anger, like fuck this shit. Get the fuck yeah. out of this car. And like, that's like 180 degrees turnaround. And then there's moments where you realize that you have invited the inner demon and now yeah. it's not only in the house, but it's like, you know, having a little tea with you and having a mm-hmm. conversation and he had decorated the room and now you're in his room. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I hate Ooh, that. I hate that. that one is a fucking motherfucker. It is such a bitch. I f- I, and I, I'm glad that I have like you creative people around me because like, it becomes this movie like scene where it's like, oh, you realize you're in his room, but you can't kind of get out of it because it's his room. Yeah, and it's so which pretty trick, and sexy. And, yeah. Right. <laughs> which becomes a trick because his room doesn't exist. It's still your soul mansion, mind room, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels like mm-hmm. he, he's in charge because it's his room and his house. Oh, yeah. And it's seductive and all that stuff. So. It's a bitch. It's so rough, that one. Like, yeah. What is it that, well, okay, so we're all holding, right? Yeah, Um, question. Okay, because to provide context, like, people submitted questions that they wanted us to answer for this one. Did anyone ask specifically about holding? 
Um, they uh, so one person asked just in in like comments like what is holding yeah, yeah. which we yeah. expressed already mm-hmm. and another person asked like how do you um, I have it in my phone and I'm very aware of it like how do you how do you get out of the mental dream yeah the illusion of all the holding and the chaos and put it into like execution which I translate as like. How do you self-care? What do you do and what do you not do? This is an act. Then it becomes like, what do you do, right? Mm-hmm. The verb. Because mm-hmm. um, I think for me, like holding, a huge part of holding is simply fucking being and not doing. But yeah. there's definitely an auto lane where there's active doing of like self-care, not fucking Netflixing and binging mm-hmm. water, right? Instead of fucking sugary soda. Um, we want, well, let's be honest, if you even have an appetite, it's probably going to be for very fucking shitty food. Shitty stuff, shitty yeah. Stuff. Right. Yeah. And now you're just like compounding mm-hmm. shittiness upon shittiness because now, so, so yeah, how do you not get stuck in the illusion and the dream of the holding, but how do you make it like, how, where does reality come in? Right. And how do you, how do you behave on that? Hmm. Are you actually asking me? Because I got nothing at the moment. Give me your your thoughts. I mean, just what you said. like Water. Making, like, the best choices, even though you don't want to. Um, For me, hygiene, you know? like What you're saying right now, Mm -hmm. even though you don't want to, that's Mm -hmm. the fucking crucial part. Right. Even though you fucking don't want to. Mm Mm-hmm. So almost, you know, parenting yourself, to use that overused term, um, especially for people who weren't really parented well, um, take your vitamins, eat your vegetables, that kind of vibe, you know, go, it's late, go to bed. Um, and it's so, and I feel like it's so easy to, because you're tired, you're sad, body feels physically heavy. Mm-hmm. right or you're angry or whatever like whatever, whatever whatever shitty emotion it is so just laying paralyzed on the couch this is the thing though where i get like kind of tricky i'd be okay with someone laying paralyzed on the couch i'm not okay with anyone so fucking endlessly scrolling on social media when holding yeah i yeah, feel that it's um it's um it i feel like social media is is it's too fast almost. Um, yeah. So talk about nervous system dysregulation because one second, yeah, you're watching like a hip hop kind of like dance tutorial. And then you have this very emotional kind of like, Oh, with music and scenery talking about how, like, if he doesn't appreciate you, queen, la la la, and then, you know, that spins you out. And then the next thing you see is like a beauty hack and a fitness thing. And then you see something that is disgusting nutritionally, but it looks delicious. It's just, it's too fast and wild. Too much. Too much. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you're laying on the couch and you've decided to commit to watching a movie, you know, Okay. Yeah. Right. That looks like self One pace. Yeah. One pace. Yeah. Parenting self. That's beautiful. Mm. Oh, that, and it's such a roller coaster. And even though I've been fucking eaten by a mosquito, by the way, on my walk, last, I, I saw him do it. Like this mosquito lands on me. Starts I look sucking. at the mosquito <laughs> and he 
bites me or whatever sticks me and i'm like i just watched a mosquito just land on me and like watch him do his activity of fucking raping my your blood (laughs) (laughs) anyway um yeah and then off he flies with a little piece of you i think about that a lot actually like did he who did he bite before me who's he gonna bite after me what a weird world are they for having a part of you yeah no shit like y'all all y'all mosquito country people y'all need to put magic on that because that's like blood magic in its fucking finest oh shit just saying yeah that's a whole other conversation but um, so yeah, so from like uh, to describe even the you did a fucking amazing job. Like it's the oh you know you need this queen, and then the next one is like a heartbreak song, and you're like sad. I'm like oh I'm sad, and then yeah. there's like how to become a multi billionaire. Yeah, yay! This is how poverty feels like. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, like much. what? Yeah, too much. And again, back to your point, feelings are a fucking scam because look at how I was manipulated by this shit. Well, you know, I will say something in watching a movie, I've become more and more aware of like a uh, soundtrack and camera angle. <laughs> like, oh, this is the part where you manipulate my feelings and I'm fucking crying because of this movie. If it wasn't for that music choice, you bitches. Yeah. So. And for me, that's the only reason because I have a I have a girl producer friend, Yosha, um, and she's the only reason why I can now watch scary movies because <laughs> she completely broke it down. Look, we're using this film angle. This music starts to play. This we're shooting this because it elicits this and this emotion in the watcher. I'm like. That's the only reason why I can't watch scary movies right now. I feel that. Like, the, 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 you know how you anticipate you're like, a jump scare is coming. Or, oh, I see the strobing lights, the lights flickering. Okay, something's going to happen. So it's a formula. All right. And then you can sort of apply this to life. Like, oh, this is the part where something's going to jump out at me. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, but life is like... A, Life is like life a is a total fucking movie. We talk about this a lot. Yeah, I live in a movie. Life is like three movies at once. For the listeners who have not heard the analogy, in one movie, you're right at the end. Like wherever you are right now, this is the end scene where the camera floats above you, like hovering above you, and there's subtle sweet like music because this is the ending you have finished Mm -hmm. a cycle and you've had all the turmoil and all the adventure and you're just being right now and you're just present and there's again there's like nice music in the background in another movie you're right in the middle you just Mm. had one big thing happen and Mm. you're kind of like insecure but physically it may look like the end of the other movie of the first Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. um and you have a whole thing coming ahead of you and you have no fucking idea no idea and in the third movie these are the opening titles God where the camera is hovering right above you and mm-hmm. they're introduced this character building, right? Mm-hmm. We're now character building and all, all these three movies all happening all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. For real. <gasps> oh yeah. My God. Yeah. So that, I cannot have give enough credit for that fucking movie. 
Mm. Mm. It started and I like Mia Flame went to it and she's like, what the fuck? So she thought we were going to a Viking movie. A what? A what movie? Viking. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so because she, she thought we were going to Walhalla or something. I think oh, I know which movie you're talking about. They came out kind of and around the same time. Like, yeah. Right. And she's like, so she what? looks me in the eye. She's like, bitch, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and she's like, is this one of those Asian movies that where they actually speak another language and the English subtitles and they start that way? And yeah. she like punches me. Yeah. yeah. And that was, but that movie, yo, the deeper, the the, the amount of layers in that movie. Yeah. I think I need to watch that movie at least three more times before I can start even picking apart. Like, because the first time it was just, what did I just watch? It's just coming at you it, so fast. Drugs. Yeah, yeah. It was a to- It was psychedelic. It was very strange. And when I went to go see that movie, um, even before I got into the movie theater, it was very surreal. So. I opened the, you know, we walked in, my boyfriend and I, we walk in and uh, there was a wet floor sign, but something about the wind of the door made that sign go flying across the lobby. And we just looked at each other like, okay, it's already getting strange. So yeah, that that movie was, I, I need to go back and watch it again. Because it, like, it just came so fast and so hard. And I started to feel like I was tripping watching it. Yeah. And mm. you and I you and I use a lot like, okay, we need to get weirder. Yeah, I love that about that. That every time they hopped timelines, right? That's what they were doing. Is that the yes, best way for you exactly. to describe it? Okay, yeah. same. They had to do something so fucking crazy and out of the box. And that was my, like, as soon as they did that the first time when the main, yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So we need to get weirder. Because if this is the thing, we only know what we know Mm. and behavior that we normally do brings us in the, in the, in the aspect of life that we already know. So clearly we need to do something weird to get beyond that, which we don't know. Yeah. So how do we get like weirder? I mean, I've got a million ideas about like how to do something weird. It was just, it was so hilarious in the film how what stops you from getting weird is just like being aware of who's watching. And like, if I get really weird, Am I going to get arrested or right? You know what I'm saying? Like I almost this person is unhinged, right? Which yes, I'm not even talking violence or you know no. Yeah, I'm just talking about like if you just weird, just weird. I almost need like you. You, I think you'd be like I think you need to create an oracle of weirdness. Because only you four and you, mm-hmm. you specifically you, Elizabeth, being fucking genius that you are, could create like a card deck of weird tasks for other people. Because I can't come up with weirdness. I'm not like not creative enough. But if you tell me to sing all by myself to a toilet, I will fucking. Do it. <laughs> and that's totally how it would be. Right. 
And I yeah. need you to create. So you just deck. came up with just that. With, just saying. I mean, okay, so how about you create a deck like that where sure. us analytical people or the rest of the world can be graced with your like fucking genius of weirdness and we could just pull a card and that would be like my ticket to the different timeline. Yeah, I'm down. I, I'm hearing you say this and I'm, I'm just saying, I'm thinking, excuse me, I'm thinking about how in my ideal world, life would just be a huge game of truth or dare. Like, you give me examples like what you said let's just sing a almost insufferable pop song to a toilet to a public toilet or um you know go stand in that department store window and pretend to be a mannequin or you know just weird shit just get fucking weird but you got to be a retarded LGBT, LGBTQ mannequin. Sure. I mean, if if that's what makes it weird for you. And I'm not even talking about stuff that's going to get you in trouble. Like, you know, don't get naked in the no, middle no, of a public no, place. No, no, no. But like, just, you know, I dare you to do X, Y, and Z. Because right. it's going to elicit some kind of feeling. I don't know. Discomfort. Um, right. You know, nonconformity. Daring. You know, you name it. That's not a bad idea. Okay. Oracle of weirdness. Make Oracle of weirdness. All right. On it. <laughs> Oracle of weird. I wrote it down. Like, you, you do the task. I, I'll do the execution for you. No problem. All right. Bucket. All let's right. go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh my god. Oh, so <laughs> we still haven't gotten back to the point where our conversation started before we started recording. I already where forgot what it was. Tell me. Let's go back. We were like so deep in sadness. Where you're oh. like, what is life even? Is just life just accumulation mm-hmm. of experiences. Experience I'm not sure if that's like this. Like, if is that what I'm gonna get for it? Like, at the end of life, am I just gonna have a bunch of experiences, nothing to show for it, just experiences? And if somebody who was on the other side of it could speak to us and said, "Well, yeah," wouldn't you be fucking disappointed? Well, this is the thing, right? Blah, blah, bullshit feelings. Because when I'm high on life and experiencing something amazing, I'm like, oh my God, life is amazing. I can't wait to have all the experiences. These yeah. are great. If I, if all I could have is experiences, I would pay for it. Like, this is great. So it's very in the moment, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But what would be the, the inverse of an accumulation of experiences? Like, maybe we reverse engineer this thing. What would be the opposite of life being an accumulation of experiences? Well, the, I feel like the opposite would be, you know, a goal oriented, like a, with a punishment or a reward. And then you get into like religion, right? Yeah. I was just going to say, it sounds like, uh, smells like no, Christianity. Yeah. Or Absolutely. Any other, like any other religion, basically. Even well, then I the think Vikings you nailed had, it. Had a right, like you behave a certain way in order yeah. to be punished or to attain to something. Rewarded. Yeah, yeah. Because just existing for the sake of experience can never be it, right? For somebody who follows that 
you know. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, shit. Well, shit. You're right. I, I think that if we were writing high right now, we would be saying like, fuck yeah, it's about accumulating experiences. When you're holding, it's like, what the fuck, man? This really fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Is this it? You're just going to like, let me have all these highs and then these lows and oh, okay. And who, who is the, they that's letting air quotes. Uh huh. That becomes a tricky one because and you and I talk about this all the time where it's very easy to, and I wonder how much that has to do with just being brought up in original uh, like a religious background regardless of the, the the participation in it right like my story with when the car broke down and my first thing being like this is a spiritual thing i'm being cursed yeah like there's too much bad luck mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then like coming out of it where i was like well no these are just like life circumstances yeah and it, like it feels like they're happening in like a vacuum but this is the thing when good stuff happens in a vacuum, we never complain. It's like it's never like, oh no, too much good stuff is happening right now. No, it's almost like, yeah, give me more, give me more good stuff, give me more, 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 more. Mm-hmm. I like all the good stuff. Give me through, but it feels amazing. I want more feeling amazingness. But when like two bad things happen, we're like, well, I must be cursed. They must be punishing me, or I have must like displeased the gods or the demons or the spirits or the ancestors. It's so easy to come back to that. Sure. Or the universe. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm going to tangent. I'm going to do a tangent thing. Watch this. So the thing where you're saying like, oh, it's good. Give me more. Give me more. What? What about when it's good? It's good. It's good. Let's fuck it up. Let's. It's too good. It's too good. I know my opinion about too good. I know. I want to get you talking about it. When people operate from a too good, you're inherently having a non-deserving wound mm-hmm. and that will cover and will rule over anything mm-hmm. over any rational over and that becomes a tricky one because now you have to figure out why do you feel you're not deserving because mm-hmm. too good implies that there's a ceiling to how much you are allowed to experience have right be feel right mm-hmm. and there's a very hardcore no. software like the binary one 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 zero zero one one zero zero that's operating. No, you've reached the ceiling. Matter of fact, you have surpassed the ceiling. You need right. to come back. Yeah, yeah. And who or what is that voice that says that? Well, okay. So if we're gonna if we're gonna wanting to name them, that's gonna be. Okay, let's do like inner demon monopoly. Because <laughs> that's like the, the those are like the most expensive streets, right? That's the most yeah. ex, most expensive demon because it can come up in different ways. So whether it is a not trust, not have built enough trust of self of being able to hold whatever is coming your way. So it's like, if all of this breaks down, then I won't be able to carry that, mm. which is, which is based on experiences and, um, cause we can carry everything. I'm pretty confident that we can carry everything. Otherwise we wouldn't have had it. 
Yeah. Um, not from a like a spiritual perspective, but just like if like if you jumped into a car, you can also jump out of it without breaking your leg. Now, however, if you're just being placed in a car and like that car is being lifted, then like now we're having like, but that's never the case. You got into the car. So you're also able to get out of the car. I love that. Um, the non-deservingness it could also be like very, very religious or like the good girl complex. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, people like you only deserve this and this. Yeah. And you and I both get fucked over with that because people and people get upset because you're a Filipina from fucking mm-hmm. LA, mm-hmm. right? You're hood, but mm-hmm. you're also fucking classy as fuck. You're ridiculously beautiful. Um, you have a fucking attitude too. Beyond just a little. <laughs> <laughs> you're hairy, so you have fucking fire, right? So now there's this, and for me, like I'm a tatted person with fucking cellulite and a fat ass. Like yeah. for me, I, I I'm not supposed to have money, right? Right. Like, being taught that yeah, you're not that. Not, you're not that. You're not that good. You know what? I, you're all right. right. You're you're all right, but you're not right. That good you know so like people want to keep you in the in the background really right yeah and for you like you get other boxes right so there's there's very much a hierarchy and like boxes and ceilings of what culturally we are programmed that we're allowed to have Ooh, yeah and that's just culturally and then religiously right it's like let's keep it close to us we're women um women are supposed to behave a certain way whether yeah. it's towards men or towards the world you are not supposed to have or towards other That's women you're supposed to fucking fight yeah yeah right which both of you and i are like fucking let's fucking fist fight like we're the first one to fucking jump in the ring yeah um so there's a very clear list very clear yet very intangible but very clear list of what people like you and i deserve to have yeah yeah. And then our parental stuff comes in, right? Like mm-hmm. You're like you're only good if you have good grades. Whatever that doesn't matter how much how good you look or whatever, but grades right. like like right. execution, you like right like equals you're, deservingness. Yeah, you're rewarded for being uh, right. good or quiet or doing the thing that the, whatever exactly. when the parent is you know on that day. Right, right. Yeah. Especially for us who come from turbulent households. Mm-hmm. So to answer which inner demon is that, it's probably, a, it's a, it's a, it's like a demon family at that yeah. point. When you reach that, it's too good. And I would argue that the antidote to this is too good is let it get even better. There we go. Show me how good it can get. Show me how good it can get. Even though your fucking nervous system is gonna be like too good, too right. good. Do we tell them Absolutely. about show me how good it can get? Yeah, sure. Go. Um, because it was just so funny. This was within the last week that you told me that I needed to elaborate on show me how good it can get. But uh, so Bar and I have been practicing or experimenting with this thing, and it lands so viscerally in the body. Um, because it does feel so bold to tell whoever, whatever, show me how good it can be. The, you know, I actually feel that in multiple places in my body when I say it. Because you're not even asking. It's almost like a demand. Show me how good it can be. It's like you're daring so like the universe. Demand. 
Yeah. It's an open demand because you're not telling me, you're not telling it to show me like, oh, you know, show me money or show me love. No, you're like, I'm staying the openest of the openest, but I'm demanding goodness. Yeah. And because like you say, you don't know what you don't know. And, And two years ago, could I have imagined that? I mean, you name it. Could I have imagined that you would be living two states over? Could I have imagined that I'd be in the place, the physical place that I'm at now, two, three years ago? Um, So when you say, show me how good it can get, it's sort of the unimaginable. Yeah. Reveal the unimaginable. Oh, I like that. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Reveal yourself. <laughs> and this is the thing, right? Like, even now, when being in the sadness and being in the holding, let's say this is our lowest now, right? Mm-hmm. It's still better than our highest 10 years ago. Damn. Yeah. Remember when we were talking the other day and I said something tearfully, like I fell from a greater height, you know, and, and you, what did you say? It was so good. Well, I feel like, and and Aisha had this last time too. The conversation where like the 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 highs become higher, there therefore they hurt more. And I just disagree. Yeah. Because I think that the base also is lifting. Yeah. And the the analogy that I used is like just like a CEO, when like when you start at a company, let's say you start at a telecom company and you start at the customer service, right? Like you deal with the customer service problems, and like they might kind of stress you out, but like you evolve around that and you become the manager of the customer service, and then you become the manager of the managers, or like whatever the fucking x amount of years later, you're the CEO of the company. Mm-hmm. Now the idea that you fall like you're you, clearly like you physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally climb. What is that, by the way, flying in the background? It's a mud dauber wasp. It's jet black, and I'm gonna have to examine and see if there's a nest outside of my bedroom window because that will be oh, the okay. third one in my room in live, 24 you live hours. In a fucking forest. I do. I live in a haunted it's house. Like forest life. Yeah, full of critters and weird things. Right. So, yeah, um, I just casually look at it as it flies no, by no, my no, head. I see it even fly. <laughs> it looks like a fucking Pocahontas bird. What is it called? A hummingbird. It looks like it looks like a demon. <laughs> right, she's anyway. on top. Beelzebub, is that you? Is it you? Tell us all your secrets. But okay, so the so the idea that so you physically climbed as a CEO of a telecom company, you physically climbed on all levels. The idea that the fall therefore is harder, I'm calling false because the the bottom problems, right, mm-hmm. are the problems that the customer service is dealing with. They will not phase you. Yeah, you have over yeah. like you know. It's not even a regulation system. They don't even clock anymore as problems. So the baseline is is rising too. So Definitely. 
we don't fall higher because um, our baseline has r- risen too. Right. Your nervous system has expanded also to like contain bigger, uh, you know, bigger experiences, bigger sort of like challenges. Right. Um, because even our worst day right now is still better than our best day 10 years ago. No shit. Because yeah. we, we can even go down the path. 10 years ago, I was, ooh, I was in a bad place. Like, let's even talk monetary, right? Like collecting quarters from all my bags so I could buy noodles. And I would mm-hmm. have like five packages of noodles and I would divide that over the whole week. Yeah. Um, been there. And right. We're all very public about it. Like we've mm-hmm. been there. So, and on the best day, perhaps I could buy like a real meal. Mm-hmm. That was my best day. Yeah. Wild to think of that. Right. Like that was, that was a good day. That was like, I'm fucking winning. Yeah. So now when we go like, now we go like the, our worst, like my fridge is fucking full for like fucking 17 weeks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I have more food than I can eat. Um, I think it's also very telling that like our, our metric is like how much food we have. Poverty. <laughs> That's cynical. After. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to do videos with you. Cause like, finally, I know, I know you don't care about other people, but I want other people to be graced with your beauty. And you're just like, no, wait a second. What makes you think I don't care about other people? I mean, because I don't I'm care always about like, I'm always okay, like, yeah. I feel sad for people who don't know us. And you're like, I don't fucking care Fuck about them. them. Fuck them. Okay, that's true. But like, um, I, I possibly care too much about like. Context, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, context. The inner circle, for sure. For sure. So yeah, our worst today is still better. Than it's still better. Than years still better. ago. Oh, poor baby. And how, and that was my best day. <laughs> like, that was... <laughs> right? Look, and even holding the polarity so without it turning right now into, well, I don't have anything to be sad about right now. Because that's not it. That's not the message. Yeah. Holding the polarity of, yes, I get to be sad. I don't get to, however, make it an absolute. Mm-hmm. Because we already because know that that leads to nothing, you know? You know? Yeah. And how do you hold the polarities of being in the feeling, sadness, anger, whatever, while also intellectually, at least knowing this is not going to last forever, Mm -hmm. even though it fucking feels Feels like like it. it. How, how do we be in the sadness and in the feelings without that knowledge hijacking us and be like, well, then I don't have to feel anything because then we're going into disassociation. Mm -hmm. So we don't want that either. Nope. So how terrible. do you hold all these? You go. Unanswerable question. Unanswerable question right there. By, by Too many variables also. Mm. By at least not adding worse stuff to it. That's at least. What that at least we know. Yeah. Through trial and error or experimentation. Yeah. What we're not. Exactly. What we're not going to do. Is binge watch Netflix, order fucking McDonald's. That's what mm-hmm. we're not gonna do. Right. Right. What we're yeah. not gonna do is go out or argue in traffic. 
Like that's what we're not going to do. Yeah, we're not going to be everything in our system wants that. Stupid, stupid. Maybe a little bit exactly. stupid, but not that kind of stupid. Poquito. Oh, un poquito stupido. Just a little. Yeah. So coming back to the experiences. Oh shit! Mm. We still haven't started. <laughs> right back to the beginning. Oh my god. Let's cycle back. So I am surrounded by people who own their own businesses or people who, even though they are employees, they have cultivated, created a life where they're basically very free. And I've recently, you know, talking about, you know, is, is life just an accumulation of experiences? And that's that all that we're going to have for it. I was recently exposed and not that I forget that they exist. That's not about it. But it's just like in proximity, people like that tend to not, like we don't have anything to talk about. So I've been exposed to people who really, 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 really hate their job. Their mm-hmm. nine, to five, nine, to, nine to eight job, mind you. Um, and they're just, their experience is just doing something they truly hate every day. Yeah. And... The eight in me and the fucking multiple Capricorn in me is like, if we only have experiences to go for at the end of the day, why would you waste that by doing something you hate? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and everyone likes to go a little bit survival and feeding your kids. Yeah. But you can, you can, I'm not saying you have to do something you love, but at least perhaps do something you don't, you don't hate. Hate. Yeah. Um, I mean, going back to you saying, this is what you feel like you deserve, or even the kind of bill of goods that you were sold that like, no, get a good job. I'm, I'm staying. I hate it, but I, I'm getting paid well and I have benefits and, uh, I, I can't do that. I could never do that. Um, does it come down to deservingness? And the, that could be something that seems so inconsequential to someone like you or you know, someone who's a little Do bit more independently minded or whatever. So a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I was driving. Remember when I was driving from New York and I sent this like crying voice note saying like, I'm driving to this fucking hick town with probably like population 25. And I wonder, I legit wonder, do people, because I, I have only a reference of America still as a movie most of the time, right? Like, so right. I only know these like tiny hick towns from movies or like, you know, Carrie Underwood who grew up like a country girl and always wanted to see the bigger world, right? That's kind of the mm-hmm. hero's journey um, in everyone's life, I think, but it's, it, it's a very easy visual. And I remember like asking, like, I wonder, are these people... Do they have the desire to go out in the big world or are they completely like surrounded in their own bubble and completely not, not like content, but like happy? Because if I look at my fucking hick town where I'm from, population 111, these people do not want to go outside of the world. Yeah. And like, at just all. right. And just because we can't relate to it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Right. And like, what is it? Like, so I have obviously I have judgments like. How do yeah. you not want yeah. to see the world, right? Because I'm looking through the lens that I look through right. in life. Right. But, and again, comparing it to the, my, my, like my family, 
It's not that they're not aware. It's not that they're fearful. They mm-hmm. just don't fucking don't want care it. for it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, how can you not? Right. And that's where it becomes one of those things that it just kind of like, like hits me over the head that just because it's incomprehensible to me, doesn't make it wrong. Um, but the flip side of that is, and, and this is sort of the struggle that I've had for lack of a better word, struggle, struggle to explain to people who do live that way, because I feel like that's a majority of the world that um, just because they can't comprehend my way of thinking doesn't make it wrong either. Um, so it definitely goes both ways. Oh, but it, that's why, yeah. why there's a whole movement now hating billionaires, right? Because if I had that money, then I would, I would blah, 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 yeah. or I would never work anymore. I would stop creating stuff. And I'm like, so no one understands each other. That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, easy. Yeah, easy. Damn. Damn. We solved, we, we solved life. <laughs> if only. If only. Oh, my God. So... Hmm. In the in the realm of self parenting, self care, what are you going to be doing today, and what are you not going to be doing? <sighs> There's very practical things that I have to do today. Um, you know, just paperwork and computer work. Um, what I will not be doing is what we've already talked about. You know. I'm, I'm past that point where I'm not going to make shitty choices as far as like what I put into my body or how I treat my body. Cause I, it starts with that, you know, that's lane one. So if I can't even manage that, then the whole thing goes to shit. Um, it's still sort of a wild card. It, it feels early, but, um, at least I have that. You? You? So I know because I did a like a 75 minute meditation before falling asleep. Like actively. So I'm 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 riding that high of it because I woke up like calm, clear, energized. Mm. So I know the inner demons are gonna be fucking swinging at me around two or three p.m. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. So they're like, there's this false sense of right now, everything is okay. Um, but they're going to start swinging. So what I will be doing is excessive self-care. Um, I'm going to first gonna I'm going to go to archery. Then I'm going to, when, when back, I'm going to hydrate and have like a healthy lunch, do some yoga, do some movement. Then I'm going to do the practical stuff like work. Yeah. And after work, the demons are going to be fucking full on swinging. Yeah. Yeah. As they do. Do you feel like they kind of show up at the same time every day? Like, is there a, it it becomes a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Um, and like when you're not in that moment of the cycle, you're like, I can easily do this. (laughs) Like I I can see y'all coming, y'all coming with like flags and shit and like with horns. And then before you know it, I'm in the middle of it. And I'm like, Oh, this is Yeah. 
Oh no. Kind of. Oh no. SOS. Right? Someone. <laughs> SOS. Yeah. Mm. When you when you when you're looking for an an adult and you realize you're the adult, but you're looking for an adult to your adult that can help you. <laughs> yeah, forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Ask me some of the questions, or ask us some of the questions. Let's do that before we wrap. Yes, let me grab my phone. Let me grab the phone. I have it in my screenshots. <laughs> I should have prepared it better. Nah, you go. Okay, one question. What do you what do you how what do you think is the formula to win at life? Oh, you better take this one. No, because I made a post about that. That came later. That was in, like because I always talk about this, but perhaps because I'm a very analytical person. So I would love to hear like from a very, like, cause you're an artist. In yeah. Art. Like people, I know y'all, y'all can see her, but like being around Elizabeth, like she oozes, like if you would have to have a visual expression of what Elizabeth is, she's the muse. Like she oozes creativity, like being in her vicinity just gives you creativeness like she aside from being fucking aesthetically perfect like let me be very fucking clear on that right and like proximity to perfection feels really nice like like just walking with elizabeth you're just like oh my god i'm i have the pretty friend like i walk around i walk with perfection suck it suckers i have perfection next to me what y'all gonna do about this um but just being around you and like again like i feel like creative like if you would look up creativity you would in the dictionary you would get the blood that comes out of you like that's a picture oh my god don't make me cry already thank you for that so i would love to hear like how the formula oh my god if only I had it figured out, I could speak definitively. But I, I mean, if I was going to be pinned down, um, it's always going to come down to honesty, truth, like authenticity. And those are such buzzwords and they're so overused. It's kind of like how we talk about how people don't really understand what it means to be a writer die. I don't think people really have like an intimate relationship with true authenticity or, you know, their own personal code. So if you want to win at life, so to speak, don't get caught lying. You know, you can definitely adjust your position. You can be convinced of another viewpoint. But if you're being as honest as possible in any moment, I I kind of feel like you're unfuckwithable. Yeah, if you can stand on your own truth and, and say, like, I stand by this, then you're not 
compromising yourself. You're not, you're not abandoning yourself. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I really love that you brought up like the ride or die thing. Cause this is the thing, right? Certain words only need explanation to people who don't have that particle in them. Right. Like the fact that like integrity and authenticity are buzzwords is because it is trying to explain something to people who don't. Right. It's novelty. Right. Yeah. And this is the thing when, what I always like, I have never had in my life had to have a conversation with you about ride or die. Mm -hmm. I've never had to have a conversation about integrity, right? Because it's in our system. Oh, fuck. fuck. Yeah, that is hard. Yeah. That doesn't doesn't matter, by the way, that people can learn it. I do believe. But if I have to explain to someone, and dating is a great, great example. If I have to explain to you what cheating is, Mm -hmm. we're going to have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, because clearly and just for the record, cheating for me is not the 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 physical act of, uh, you know, boom, chikiwawa, six, you know, sex, sex. That's yeah. not cheating. Yeah. Cheating is for me the moment you feel like you have to hide something from me or Ooh, change fuck. the truth. Yeah. When, that's we're already in like, we're already fucked. you know you yeah. fucking someone else whether as a woman or man we've passed cheating so fucking far by then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when you can look me page, yeah like if you can I don't look have to have me in my right if you can look me in my eye and make a choice in that moment to tell me something that isn't true i need to know what's actually going on with you because because is it an integrity thing? Is it an intimidation thing? It, what is it that, what are you going is for? Is it child wound active? Yeah, because that definitely which is, happens. Which we, we can hold. We can well, I can that. hold that. I can contain that. But like, I'm going to need you to get really fucking honest about like why you made that choice. Exactly. Um, and if, and if you get called out and you double down on your lie or your white lie or your half truth or your lie by omission or you get defensive because you've been called out now what are we dealing with is this more child wounding or is this just sort of and yeah right yeah and other yeah mm-hmm. 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 agreed and i feel like so i've a conversation that has come up recently here is where people are like, do you believe that once a cheater, always cheater? Hell the fuck no. No. And I'm just using that as a very tangible example because I've treated certain people as absolute fucking garbage. Sometimes by choice, sometimes by being led by inner demons and patterns that, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever. But no, like I'm the most loyal and moral person you'll probably meet. Me and my fucking crew, by the way. Right, so, which is is maybe not what people would expect. Right, right. But so I do believe thing. So I believe that the the process of self becoming self aware and self analytical becomes the process of embodying certain characteristics. Yeah, like integrity. Because I've not always been. I I've had integrity in certain aspects of life, but I would still abandon myself and you know pa- like pause my morals when it was convenient. Yeah. 
Yeah. When I was like 16 or whatever the fuck, right? For now, sure. That's a non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Because we know what it feels like to be out of alignment with your integrity. Um, for yourself. Just for yeah. yourself. Yeah. For yourself. Fuck the effect. Exactly. Fuck the I don't even care about that. Right. Just for yourself. Yeah. It's too, it's too uncomfortable. And it, it's not like trying to avoid discomfort thing. It's just if I know that that is in place, at least I can sleep at night. At least, like, if I'm called out, we can deal with the actual issue and not the fact that I, like, lied or did something that was just, you know, a, a poor character. Complexity. Yes. Yeah. But for, it, it requires self-awareness. Like, if you are lying... Like and I and I and I'm using lying as example because that's a very painful one to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. My first initial response is like my body completely tenses and I get really angry. After I regulate, I can be like, "Oh, okay, but which which was the mechanism in you that lied?" Because if it's the inner kid, I can hold space for that. <laughs> totally. Totally. Was it right. an anxiety choice? Were you worried that there was going to be like repercussions? So you felt like, exactly. okay, this is a this is the best way for me to avoid confrontation. One hundred. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's but if it's something else, that's going to be a little or, bit more difficult to contain, you know, or exactly. unpack. Right. Um. Complex. Complex and and like the fact that there is still the ability to unpack something that complex is, you know, I start I start wondering, am I am I putting too much effort into a place where uh, I don't need to be putting effort by trying to understand this? But I have like such a drive to understand the motivations behind choices that I don't relate to. Like, I'm just that curious. What what happened? But it always seems like, what what the fuck happened? I'm like, no, I'm genuinely curious. Like, how did that happen? Because did you, I didn't did see it coming. That place mentally. Yeah, what were you, like, what were you going for with that one? I genuinely want to know. Was there a thought process? Yeah. And if yeah. so, which one was it? If there's not a thought process, should, should there not at least, like, should you not want to, want to, like, Research that because everything should have a thought process. Yeah. yeah. Which becomes self-awareness again. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Damn. And for right. me, um, especially with relationships, um, because, and, and I'm, I am aware that this is a fault and a blessing at the same time on my behalf. Because I have been exposed to life so early on, mm-hmm. clearly my path of like awareness, deepening knowledge, self self knowledge has is on at a level that. Um, so this is this is my thing. I have a low threshold of holding for people who are just arriving at a place of self awareness and learning, mm-hmm. and I expect mm-hmm. their learning curve to be at a certain speed. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Um, if not, we're going to have a problem. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. again, that's a fault because, and that's a fault and a blessing. Cause on one hand I'm like, 
very excited for people to arrive at a at a point where they're like you know finding themselves and looking at patterns but i'm also like not not on not at the expense of me not at the expense of me yeah so how much are we wanting and this is not a how much can we hold how much are we wanting to hold right and just be yeah go ahead sorry i was just gonna say what you said not how much can I, how much do I want to, because I can hold infinite, you know, infinitely. But that doesn't mean I want to when it starts feeling like I'm containing it all and somebody else isn't doing their, you know, carrying their share or if I'm carrying it for them. Mm. So that becomes a fine line, right? Like carrying with someone or wanting to carry on their behalf. Because I do believe, I'm going to go into gender talk right now. Mm -hmm. I do believe that us women, especially probably like the hyper independent one, have the desire to carry on behalf of others. And this goes for girl girl and boyfriends. It's not just romantic. It's like, if I could take away this pain, I would really, I would do it. I would, yeah, I would do it. Um, and then inherently with that basically crippling that person and robbing yeah. them of their learning process. Absolutely. How to carry themselves. And this is this has been a pitfall for me for in like a romantic Ooh, same. for sure. Same. Yeah. In the past. So I'm not that's uh And that's across the board, not just romantically, you know. Right. Uh friendships, my children, you know, um you name it. Because it, this is the thing, right? Like I have been helped and saved in my life certain times, mm-hmm. like actively. So I would always want to, resp- like, I know where you're going. Where yeah, going. right. Mm-hmm. Um. So when, so then I feel like then the trick becomes being able to read who is open for that help without it crippling them. Yeah. Versus when are you just being the rescuer? Yeah. And I, I have not figured that one out yet. I for, I have it figured out with platonic friendships. Mm-hmm. For romantic, it's a little bit harder for me. Yeah, definitely. Because for platonic, it's like I base your willingness um, on going at it with life based on your execution. And the difference between that and romantically is what? Um, that I'm aware that romantically my feelings are not like it's feelings become, it's not a clear formula or weight that I can put on a scale. Mm. Like this is the thing with execution. Again, keep it, let's keep, let's keep it business. If someone comes to me, Hey, I have a great business idea. Um, can you give me XK, whatever? I'm going to be like, what have you done so far? And they're like, and and my all of my, if they're going to be like, you know, um, well, I haven't done anything because I don't have the money for a website. I'm going to be like, well, fuck you. There's not going to be. But if I see like, and they're going to be like, I don't have, I made a free website on fucking GoDaddy. I have this Instagram look. I've been doing at it for five years. I'm like, oh, you've been fucking at it. Here, take my, take my money. I will. Yeah. Right. No, and, and I love that you went there. 
but I think you could apply that same kind of formula to a romantic, like in a romantic context. Could you not? I, I think I'm, I'm going to use the word guilty. I've been guilty of that. What are you bringing to the table? Um, And it, it kind of just, it, it sucks the romance right out of the situation. I, do you feel, um, and I might be projecting, so I feel that the what do you bring to the table becomes an active chapter of life after I've come out of a chapter where I feel that the table was disbalanced. What I, I got what you said, but what is the question? So... I think the question is, because we are not always operating from a what, it, what do you bring to the table? Because mm-hmm. with people, and it's, and it's easier with friendships because we're all aligned. Like there's, yeah. we don't even have to be, like we would probably not even be able to word what we all bring to the table because we all operate. You just feel it, table, right? Yeah. And frequency and currency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With romantic, it becomes kind of more complex because you're, dealing with depths of vulnerability and potential pain and also potential pleasure, obviously, um, and being around each other more time Mm -hmm. and responsibility and stuff. So that currency doesn't become as clear as it is with either business people or even normal friendships because it's diluted in a good way, though, not in a bad way. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because I actually have, I think I have a little bit more difficulty accessing those levels of vulnerability in a friendship context than I do in a romantic context. So I think what, like, what's coming up for me right now, when you, when you were speaking, is that those things or those feelings that it's a little bit more blurry in a romantic context, because they are for me also, I'm not going to say that it's not, it's just that hearing you say that it's easier in friendship. I didn't, I don't have that experience. So to me, it just points to, there's just more to look at there. It's not that romantic relationships are inherently like more complicated. It's just like maybe there's just something more to examine. Hmm. Gotcha. So, yeah. So I think where I was going with that question initially is like. When, when. I feel like there's a pendulum of life, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever, when you're an employee and you've always been underpaid and you're going to go, go into entrepreneurship, you're going to be like, I'm never going to get a, like underpaid. Like that's going to be like the, the theme of life, right? Right. So when you've been in friendship or a romantic relationship where the, the scale was unequal in your disadvantage, the next one is going to be like, Oh, I'm never going to get into that boat again, ever. I'm gonna, I see. Like, I'll probably overcompensate. Yeah. Uh, and make sure and emphasize on like, are we clear on what everyone is bringing to the fucking table? Cause I'm never, I want to eliminate that. I'm ever going to get into the position where I was prior. Yeah. And then that gets tricky because are you showing up a little jaded or closed off? Which the answer um, is yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and how do we navigate through that? I don't know. <laughs> Still figuring that one out. Unanswerable question. Unanswerable question. However, what we do know is that we're, and I, I don't want to fucking cry, might cry, because most emotional dominatrix. Yeah, let's cry. What we do know is that we're going to do the brave thing mm. and we're going to show up open. Fuck. We're not going to show up wondering and doubtful whether we should be less or different or hoping that any control on our behavior would have influenced the outcome differently. Mm-hmm. We're going to show up open. We're going to show up bare-chested, ready to be penetrated, fucking stabbed by the world. Exactly. This doesn't even go only for romantic. This goes for everything. Everything. That is what we are going to do. What Indeed. we're not going to do is what the world does, is become bitter, become mm-hmm. resentful, mm-hmm. and let those be the main guiding compass in life. Damn. Because it is, both are hard, right? Both of those choices are super hard, but it's harder if integrity is your, you know, you're just your, your code, your personal code to show up closed off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my turn. You know, this I only got like less than five questions. And it was interesting because like the theme was the same on all of them. Like interesting how people perceive you or me. Um, so do you believe in love languages? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, if so, what are yours? And they said, uh, parentheses, both. Oh, so I just recently did a test, and mm-hmm. all of mine are 21%, 23%, 20%. So I'm equal oh, so on all equally. five. Wow. wow. So all of them. All of them. However, and a very big difference between me and you, mm-hmm. um, if I would have to choose physical touch is definitely one of my lower ones. And that was like <laughs> 19% versus the other one, my highest was 22%, right? So that's like nothing. Yeah. But yeah. And to give an example, um, people always call me cold. Mm, 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 mm. And I'm like, but I'm a fucking delight. How can you come? <laughs> I have even like ex-husbands who... Even when we were married, we're like, can I hug you? I'm like, fuck yeah, I fucking love you. Give me all the yeah. attention. Yeah. Oh. And they're like, but you're so closed off and cold. And mm. I'm like, it's, I don't think it's just like a natural language to me. Um, whereas you. Hello. Um, I've taken that test. It, it was a long time ago. I feel like when I first became aware of it or first entered like the, you know, the mainstream. Um, and it was by far physical touch. And I right. don't feel like that has changed at all. So I feel no need to retake that test in any way. You can, all the rest of the love languages can get fucked. <laughs> and, and like, 
just like I'm gonna get personal right now with the personal example yeah, where yeah. I started dating a while ago and that person was like, we're gonna have sex all night. And I'm just like, holy shit, the <laughs> thought of that makes me tired. Leave me the fuck alone. Mm. I want sleep. Hashtag self care makes you a millionaire. And you were like, fuck yeah. And I'm like, nope, nope, nothing in me. There's not one particle in me that's like, yes, let's have sex all fucking night. No comprendo at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> and I love how, like, this is such a great, like, example of being self-aware. Because that's also that, me and that dating trajectory went wrong. Because, not, oh, like, we part, parted away because we were very aware that... You were mismatched in that department. Right. And I would never be able to give you and I will never and and you'll never be able to give me enough because I'll always perceive like you're not giving me enough of my love language. And it is such a thing for somebody who has, I mean, for any love language, I assume, but I can only speak for mine. It's such a thing that, yeah, it almost becomes non-negotiable. Just like you said, it will always be in the room. Is that person getting enough and am I giving enough? Right. And I I do believe, though, um, and I want to stay away from the word compromise because I don't believe that that should be in the room. I think that self-awareness is key because then I can, this just like I can learn actual physical languages, right? I can learn Japanese, yeah. Um, some languages might come easier to me than other, right? Like oh, a Slavic wow. yeah. person, like, like uh, other Slavic languages will come easier to me than like Latin or Germanic or like mm-hmm. Arabic languages, but I can learn them and then I can make them part of my own. And I feel like that's where a lot, a lot of stuff gets diluted where people are like, I don't want to compromise. I don't think we should compromise. I do think, however, we should want to put enough effort in learning the other pe- person's language, knowing that there's going to be a like a, a, a timeline where it's going to perhaps feel like a deficit because we're not naturally getting that language from another. Right. And we're also therefore not naturally giving them their initial language. Right. And we have to learn that as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it comes down to just being a good communicator, you know? What? Oh. And I fucking hate that. I fucking hate that when I was little, everyone would say, you know, good communication is the key to like basically winning at life. And now that I'm winning at life, it's still the fucking same phrase. And I fucking fully agree with it. But I just don't think that the phrase, you know, good communication encompasses all Mm -hmm. that like is like meant there. And I get frustrated. Same. Same. It doesn't, it doesn't like, like, that phrase doesn't have the weight that it needs to have. Right. What the fuck? Well, it's such, yeah, it's such bullshit. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, good communication. And everybody thinks that they're communicating well. And (laughs) the judgment in your face and the tone of your voice right there. Mm -hmm. Can you riff on that, though? Because everyone thinks they're communicating well. Because everyone thinks, and this is the thing, communication comes down not only to verbal expression, communication comes down to being aware what your patterns are and what the lenses are you look through. Because we perceive the world through the lenses that we look through and we 
kind of not not actively. It's not that I assume that the rest is too. There's not even a thought process because you right. look through these lenses. Right. Um, I'm going to give this example because this happens to me a lot in a customer service context. And so you might show up somewhere and, and you realize like maybe within five or 10 minutes of talking to a person that there's like a, a, a power play happening or um, this person comes from a place where they're used to having a certain amount of control over the situation. So if you ask questions, they're automatically on guard um, and they have to kind of like assert their dominance. Um, and it just is so unnecessary when you could just be answering the question instead of posturing or reminding me that at the end of the day, I'm at your mercy because I'm paying you for a service. Um, and that can be applied to like more personal communication as well to where, oh, okay, um, you think you're communicating well, but I can hear your, uh, maybe your past wounds, your family of origin, your patterns, uh, maybe there's some passive aggressive things happening. Maybe um, there's some insecurities that are speaking, but you think you're communicating well and you think that you've got control over the situation or you're already preparing what you're going to say before I've even finished. Um, and so much of good communication is active listening and people aren't doing that. They're just trying to make sure that they don't lose face. Yeah. What everything. Yes. Yes. To all you said. And like to even illustrate the, how we look through our own lenses. Mm -hmm. Like I used to have a friend, a normal friend, um, who like, he would call me and he's like, the coffee machine doesn't work. And I'm like, you know, did you make sure like this and this, the, like the, that the that the, the back end of the water thing is goodly connected is it mm. plugged in and he's like yeah. oh shit it's not plugged in <laughs> right and again i assume that if you're gonna arrive at a point where you're calling me that you have You've gone tried everything. a certain yeah. checklist and that checklist that's my lens mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right yeah um so the fact that that wasn't his lens like oh shit so here we get a different lenses yeah, but that's always a little shocking, right? Right. What? I can't fucking imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your face now. <laughs> but but even vice versa, when someone says something to you, like, have you... Well, a great example, though. Like, how do you imagine the unimaginable? Because it's not in your system, because you don't know yet. Yeah. But you and I recently played this game... Like, what would someone else who's not us do? Just to kind of touch on that. Like, what would a positive California, you know, um, San Francisco, San... Oh, my God, who's talking... I don't fucking know. Like, what would she say? Oh, I and can we access really that really creative. easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, but, but that was like, oh, shit, that's completely the opposite of yeah. mine. Mm -hmm. And the only difference is our lenses. A lens like neither of yeah. our lenses are false or true in mm -hmm. and of itself, mm -hmm. but some one feels more familiar to us. Right. Right. Damn. Damn. 
Do you think that that's valuable to like look at that before you respond or before you like how would somebody else with a different lens? Yeah, I don't know. You do? Okay, why? Yeah, because I think um, most of us hyper independent and most the inner circle, it we have the same. We have certain same love. Uh, we have certain languages together. We also have certain trauma languages that are mm-hmm. similar. So we're basically in an echo chamber, mostly echoing. Oh yeah, this indeed is a pattern because we usually have the same patterns. We also have the same healing language. Most of us. Yeah. So what you get in a, a very classic, like you know, when girls get together and try to analyze a guy. They're all speaking the same language. So they're all going to be like, oh, you know, but maybe he just blah, 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 blah. Or maybe this and this. Because we're all speak, we're coming from the same corner of the world. So what would someone who is not us, who's completely the opposite, say about that guy? And a great example for people who have very bad boundaries, they often do the what would Bara do? Like I get yeah, messages like yeah, yeah. daily. They were like, what would Bara do? Because it's the complete opposite of what I would do. So someone who hasn't crossed the crossroads of like trauma, hyper-independence, like I or you, what would that person say about that situation? And I think that practice is the closest one could actively participate in in imagining the the unimaginable. Unimaginable, yeah. Yeah, and that can lead you to some really like deep wisdom too, you know? Like trying on a different perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what's Byron Katie? Oh yeah. I know who you're talking about. She's like, she's like known for the, are you sure this to be true? Like if you, if you would have to defend this in a court of law, would this be true? And the answer is always fucking no, but Mm -hmm. it feels like fucking yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good, uh, a question or metric to kind of like right yeah Let, let's invite that in our lives okay. would this hold in a court of law which yeah. and again the answer is always always fucking no that's that's the worst most thing. of the time i would argue it's always fucking no because, because even even like if we're going to look at very simple law things that person shot that person. Is he a murderer? It's mm-hmm. always a, mm-hmm. it depends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But everyone saw it. Mm-hmm. It still fucking mm-hmm. depends. Right. You're right. So would that hold in a court of law? Right. Even yeah. that wouldn't hold in a court mm-hmm. of law. Damn. The, and that's the tricky one. Because, you know, if the answer is always no, it won't hold in a court of law. Now we're going to get into some what you are. Exactly. Now we have to dissect it really fucking deeply. Right. Right. Damn. 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 Why did we, why did, why did you have to bring this one? I hate you. I'm blaming this on you. Yeah. Told. Yeah. I, I take full responsibility. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this is the bullshit when when you and I talk like we get down these rabbit holes and then like we can't unknow them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great but it also sucks. Fucking sucks. Let me have my coping mechanism, please. Yeah. Also like repeatedly punching each other in the stomach, in the stomach. with these 
just these truths. Mm. Let let's okay. Let let's let's end on that high though. Yeah, let's, let's end with the question for everyone: Do what you believe right now, or what you operate on, would that hold in a court of law Ooh. to be the right action? Yeah, that's good because you know, just imagine somebody clicking on this podcast randomly because they were struggling with something that day, and they just you know, I need to get out of my head for an hour or two. Now you're about to click out. And does that thing, that belief, that situation, that like thing that you believe to be true, would that hold up in a court of law? And the answer is always no. No. Good luck with that. Fuck. Good luck with that. Figure out your life. I'm saying that to myself, as I'm saying that to everybody. And just to get to illustrate, like Elizabeth is the funniest fucking parent. Like her kids who come out, and like, "Mom, can I have water?" She's like, "Fucking figure out your life." Fuck. <laughs> of course you can There's have so water. What am I gonna say? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I adapted that one. Okay, in one mile, we're turning a left in the car. Before that, but before that, figure out your life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that being said, we did not hydrate enough. Let's fucking start with that. Okay. Like at all. Mm-mm, not once. Mm-mm, not once. So now we're not rich and hydrated. We're kind of like wrinkly and raisin and hydrated, but whatever. I I would be dead if it wasn't for you to like remind me to stay hydrated all day. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna. Self-care makes you a millionaire. We're rich and hydrated. Breathe. Breathe. And we're going to breathe. We are safe and we are okay. We are safe and we will be okay. Show me how good it can get. And we're holding the fucking line. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love you, bitch. Love you. Love you. See you on the next round. You bet. You bet.